Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VGW. void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network Hello everybody and welcome back to the Talk Gamers podcast. My name is Simo. Today I'm joined by Adam. Say hello Adam. Hello everybody. How are you mate? I'm doing very well, thank you Simo. How are you? I'm not too bad. We are also joined by Screamers veteran, Jedi Pie. How are you doing Jed? <laughs> <laughs> veteran. <laughs> <laughs> makes me sound really old mate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thank you mate. Very well. Yeah. Hell, Jed, he's got plenty of podcasts in the locker. Some might say too many. Um, just before we get started, uh, this this show is brought to you by Manscaped uh, for 20% off and free shipping scroll code SCREAMERS20 at checkout to get all the stuff that you need for your balls and your ass and stuff like that. Okay, not to spend too much time on that. We need to get into the football, boys, and there's plenty to talk about this week. And I want to start with a really, really, really good one. We start with uh, Man City. <laughs> Hosting Arsenal at home. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> shit show. This was for Arsenal. Um, it was an excellent game. It was an excellent game from from a Man City point of view. Not so excellent for Arsenal. Um, Adam, how 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 did this game go for for you? What are your thoughts on it? It it just confused the life out of me really because I I didn't I couldn't really work out what Arsenal were trying to do. Um, I, I tried to uh, I tried to back them before the game kicked off, saying if they stick, I said I said if they stick with a back five throughout the entire game, I said I think they could maybe get something, maybe a draw. Um, you know, if they try and stay resolute, try and you know stay compact at the back. Um, but it, it just it seemed like they swapped between like a back Are you three slash five and yeah, a back four. They, yeah. I was they they seem to switch between. It was like seven or eight times. They just seem to keep switching. I, I couldn't really figure out the formation about halfway through the game, and it was just a bizarre one for me. Do you know what? Um, it didn't look like it didn't look like an intentional tactical tweak that they were trying to do throughout the match. It looked like a team very confused about what was going on and accidentally falling out of shape. <laughs> 
many times. Yeah, the- <laughs> which is a worrying thing that if a, team, a Premier League side struggling to keep its shape <laughs> away at Manchester City, it's not going to go well. And obviously, it didn't go well. Um, yeah, any more points from this match before we move on to Jed Adam? Um, look, I mean, Man City were, were brilliant as always. As always. Um, yeah, they, you know, they, they really put them to sort of, I thought I was a little bit concerned before the game. Well, not concerned, but um, just from a Man City point of view, worried about uh, Ferran Torres because he sort of really took on that um, kind of like centre forward role, I guess. Yeah, false. And, uh, and, and I, I wasn't really sure if he'd be good enough to play that role. And I guess Arsenal isn't like a true test of, you know, how good you can be in the Premier League at the minute, especially with, with their recent defensive record. Um, but he, he was one that's really surprised me. I just wanted to give him a bit of credit. I thought he was brilliant. Um, obviously got a brace as well, which was really good. I think, yeah, I, I'd agree with you there, Adam. He's got a lot of elements to his game that actually suits that position. Um, he's not probably as physical as you'd expect a number nine to be in a Premier League, but you do get these, these, these strikers that aren't, you know, built particularly like the, the, the centre forwards of old. Um, he's got the attributes of his game. He's got his finishing and his movement is really, really good. He's incredibly fast and pacey and great with a ball at his feet. So yeah, he's essentially, you know, he's a, he's a forward midfielder um, playing in that role, but Pep would just play with a, a team of midfielders if he could. And he actually does in a certain case. Uh, Jed, uh, coming on to you, the red card for Xhaka. Is it a red card for you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you can't be flying into tackles like that. Um, it was what what you'd call excessive force, I think. Even though he's won the ball, like he could easily have won the ball potentially without going to ground or at least not flying in. So, yeah, for me, it's a red card in, in, in today's game. It's a silly run as well because I think they were already 2-0 down at that point. Um, and, you know, once that happened, it's just there was no way back for, for Arsenal. Um, it's, a, it's a poor poor day for them and a, a really poor start to the season in general really um yeah it needs they need some sort of inspiration like and fast don't they i mean i could not you literally could not imagine a worse start to the season for arsenal uh just on that red card it's absolutely a red card a lot of people say oh, he got the ball but yeah he flew in with two feet and potentially breaks a player's leg and you break a player's yeah. leg like that is there's been two of them this weekend what the other one was paul mm. pogba um and just thank God that the players that received these tackles didn't have their studs planted because anybody that's played football knows that if you've got your stud planted when when a player comes into you two-footed, you get a chance of breaking your leg or dislocating your knee Absolutely. or dislocating an ankle. Um, so like, I'm, I'm not for... I'm, I'm up for the game flowing as in I don't want to see soft challenges get given. That's... See, I... The change to the rules are like, oh, we're allowed to do this type. No, that's not what letting the game flow means. Like, letting the game flow means <laughs> players aren't just allowed to flop, fall over the minute they feel contact. It's not about you're allowed to fly into challenges, potentially ending other players' careers. <laughs> yeah, no, I everyone, feel like that was lost in translation a, um, a little bit. Because from what I see on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Sorry to cut you off. Everyone loves I think, I think the main they, issue. Yeah, it's not like, yeah. fifty though. If a player's like stood yeah, up, no, exactly, you know, <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. Like every, when when a, a challenge is when a ball's there to be won like that, and it's like yeah, yeah. Everyone likes to see a, a, a ball won, like a, you know, a good challenge. But I'm all for like that. Saying, this one, he could have easily just took the ball away there, put it out for a throw in. Doesn't matter where it goes, like. Yeah, yeah it, I it, think it, it was the, 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 the main issue with the Jacka thing though is that he'd never. From literally the mo, it wasn't just the fact that he went in with both feet. It was from the the moment he lunged in to the moment after the the challenge was made, he looked like he didn't have any control over his body whatsoever. No, it was it was just sort of all left to you know whatever happens happens sort of thing. And you know you can't. 
as you said, I'm all, I'm all for those uh, free-flowing games and, and, you know, hard tackles coming in, but you can't get away with stuff like that. No, nobody's going to, like... I want to touch on Granite Jack a little bit because he kind of represents Arsenal for me at this minute, you know, um, being that sort of senior player in the midfield. Um, I don't know what happens between Granite Jack going away in international duty, putting on a Swiss shot, and then coming back to Arsenal. Because when I see... Granit Xhaka in a Switzerland shot, he is a complete midfielder. He's got the ball, he's dictating the tempo, dictating the, t- the direction of play, making runs, dribbling, everything he looks at. He's got so many elements to his game. And then it seems as if he's put this Arsenal shirt on and he's just reckless. There's no reason he has, needs to make that tackle. The player isn't in a, a, a potentially a, a very aggressive position. Um, it's, not, it's not a goal-saving tackle by any means. Um, I just think he'd had enough of the game. He knew it was going to go. He knew how it was going to go. He, was, he fancied a day off next week as well. So that's maybe <laughs> that's just my opinion. But in terms of how things are going for Arsenal, that club is in absolute disarray for the very first time in Premier League history. And I think they'll still have the top flight. Arsenal were in bottom as uh, Spurs were planted top for a, for a brief, a brief moment, which must just be devastating for the fans. I don't know how they, I mean, I'm seeing on the Twitter just it blowing up and, and as the screamers, um, you and Billy did a really good job of rousing the fans. Um, <laughs> Piling on him, wasn't it? It wasn't even me, mate. It, it, it wasn't Billy? even me. I was, uh, I was busy on Saturday. I didn't, uh, I was, didn't see the game. I was out and about. So it was, it was purely Billy. Purely Billy just being a shit house. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, liked, I mean, the poll we did for the next Arsenal manager with Ty from Arsenal Fan TV winning the final episode. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's so good to see. Have you seen... The bottom of the table, like Arsenal are bottom with minus nine goal difference. Shocking. After Not scored a goal. Three either. games. After three games, they haven't scored. It's just it's such an awful record for a, a you know a club that size. And the, the they're averaging in their team. conceding conceding three goals per game without scoring any. As an opening to a season, the first time they've, they've not <laughs> won an opening game ball. in the first three games since the nineteen sixties. As this club has been, <laughs> this club has been rotten. I know we're spending a lot of time on Arsenal here, but it's just because it's at the forefront of the news right now, minus the Cristiano Ronaldo mm. stuff. Um, that this club has just been rotten from the inside for like the past five years, and I think we're starting to really see the 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 the. the, the the fruits of that labour of the, just making absolutely nonsensical decisions. I mean, from what they've done in this transfers, like you would not believe that they went out and spent £130 million this, this transfer window. <laughs> I mean, surely when you look at that squad back to front, the last thing you need is another a, a reserve goalkeeper, a backup goalkeeper. Maybe it's a good buy for the future. I'd, I personally don't think it is. I don't see him increasing in value for resale and I don't see him better as Leno. I think Leno is actually, he's a He's a fairly capable keeper, but when you've got like Pablo Mari, Rob Holden, and, and Callum James in front of you, or even Kalasinac, as it was against, you just don't have, you, you know what I mean? You're going to need to pull off saves and it's going to be difficult for you. And one thing that really annoyed me today, but just as we sort of finish up in Arsenal, is uh, I looked at Lee Gooden, um, team of the week, and in there I seen a, a Saliba. Who's an Arsenal player out on loan? I also seen uh, Guendouzi, who's an Arsenal player out on loan, but I think it's very much the intention that Guendouzi's going to depart Arsenal, and I think that's been the case for a while. Yeah. But with Saliba, I mean, they, they just had nothing to lose by playing this play. I don't know what was going through his head. I think he thought the season was going to start much more positively than I had, and that he could actually sort of send Saliba away at the risk of him not getting any game time. I don't mm. know what planet he was living on. I don't know how, from this, from the, 
the shambles of a pre-season they had, I don't know how they didn't see this coming. Because the writing was on the wall. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, your thoughts on that are. They, 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 they have talent oh, in the right, squad. They're like, I, I, I actually... I yeah, from party the, onwards, if like, party's fit. Like, from then onwards, they're a solid well, top, top half e- Even like, like the, the, some of the young players like Tierney, Saka, Smith-Rowe, like, mate, it's actually getting to a stage now where the rest of their career is potentially in jeopardy if if this continues with Arsenal the and if they stay there. management of this club. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's getting to that stage. If I was one of those players, I'd, I'd be looking right now and maybe looking at how long I've got left on my contract and, and maybe wanting to have a word with a manager about getting a move elsewhere or or at least getting some, um, you know, some certainties that, that if a club came in, I could leave or... Or that Arsenal were gonna gonna change direction somehow, but it's just uh, it's, it's a complete mess from it's top. It's not to as bottom. if a lot of these players don't have the ability to play other top clubs. I can't hear me. I'd plant him at another you know top Premier League side in the top half of the table at the very least. Um, yeah, Saka, definitely. I think, could really could really play anybody he wants. I think Saka, you know, he plays a part in the Liverpool side. I think like um, even, I'd love yeah, Saka for Liverpool because yeah, uh, he's so versatile. And, you know, it's, these are players. Smith Rowe had an out, and I think he was kind of sole division of we'll give you the number ten shot, and you will play every week for Arsenal. And he is, and he's the only him and Odegaard, and at times Kieran Tierney as well are the only sort of shining lights. I don't think the way Saka has been played suits him. I don't think Martinelli was ready to start. He didn't look anywhere near sharp enough, sharp enough to start. Granted, I understand that Abami Yang and Lacazette are out and stuff, but there's preparations getting made for these things. I mean. I don't know what's going on in that club, but it needs to change top to bottom. That club needs to change. I, <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I mean, he's got he's got to win. He's got to win the next two or three for me. Um, win them well, well otherwise you do the sack Arteta because I'm not I'm not massively convinced. I mean, I'm all for one, and I've so. been an Arteta sympathizer for a long time, thinking <laughs> that this coach is going to develop, you know, and and become better. But he seems to kind of been so unwilling to adapt to the players he's got. That, um, but like Gary Neville actually is a player, is a, is a coach that when he was when he just entered coaches, he entered a, a kind of a big a big role at, at Valencia and absolutely refused to adapt to the players around him and just insisted that the players play his football. But you know, I think that's not always the case, especially when you're a brand new manager. You don't necessarily have a history, you know. But anyway, boys, yeah. we should I move think, on. Um, I think I think I oh, think need you, to get you, Big Sam in by the end of November. I said Sean Dyche and everybody thought I was joking. I was being perfectly serious. <laughs> He's a better manager. <laughs> You're not going to go down with Sean Dyche. You're not going to go down with Sean Dyche. No chance. Nah. nah. Right, let's go to um, a couple of sides that are better than Arsenal. Newcastle, Southampton. Bit of a, bit of a thriller. This game apparently was uh, quite good. Um, I did watch a wee bit of this, but I had a couple of beers. Southampton were very good. Had the bulk of the ball. Um, two each were the spoils. Mohamed Elgin Nussi. Um, got a goal, uh, so James Ward-Prowse right at the depth of the game to, to equalise. Um, Callum Wilson got his, um, his standard goal. He will probably get about 15 goals this season. I could definitely foresee that from Wilson if he keeps himself fit. Uh, Alan St. Maximin as well gets, an, gets a goal. Um, what are your thoughts on the match, Jed? Uh, my main thought is what's going on at Newcastle at the minute, because they seem to be full of goals. I mean, I know they, they didn't score against Villa, but they've put two past West Ham, they've scored twice here against Southampton. It seems like um, they've they've improved from last season. Obviously, having Callum Wilson back is a massive plus for them because mm-hmm. he is that that striker that will get you you know upwards of fifteen goals a season if he stays fit the whole time. Yeah. Um, 
in terms of the game, so I didn't see it. I've seen the highlights. It seemed like a quite an entertaining game, um, and then all the madness at the end was just it's just peak Premier League, really, wasn't it? Newcastle yeah. thought they'd win it on the ninetieth minute, um, and then there was a penalty at the other end. Um, was it was it handball for Southampton? Was yeah. the penalty for? Um, to me, it looked like a penalty on the replays. Um, I don't think either side could probably have any complaints about the result, but. For for Newcastle, it's definitely more positive than I was expecting um, going into the season, and Southampton as well. I mean, given that they seem to have let go of a lot of their their best players, um, they don't seem down and out just yet. Although I still think they will struggle, but yeah, it's um, two sides that potentially you know could be safe this year if they keep playing the way they are at the minute. I think. I'm worried about the legs, and I would decide whether they have the legs to keep up this sort of momentum at all. Newcastle, I think, only have one point on the board at this time. Um, yeah, and this and this being it, yeah. So they only have one point on the board at this time. Um, they're a very forward-heavy side, and I think that has something to do with, obviously, Callum Wilson mm. being back. And Alan said Maxima not being held together by gaffer tape, as he was near the end of last <laughs> season. Steve Bruce just refused to admit that he was not even anywhere <laughs> near fit enough to play. <laughs> um yeah, Adam. What do you, do you see? These side? I see both these as potential relegation candidates. Just on the, I, I don't feel Newcastle's back line's good enough, and I, I feel like the spine of Southampton's kind of been depleted a bit in the, in the window. What are your thoughts? Um, well, look, firstly, I, I think with this game, I, I think it had a draw written all over it anyway, because mm-hmm. I think they were. I think they are two teams that will be sort of in in and around the relegation zone come the end of the season. Um, you know, maybe, maybe battling to, to stay out of it. Um, personally, though, I actually think Newcastle have more of a chance of staying up than Southampton. And I put a lot of that down to uh, the, the signing of Joe Willock. Obviously, when he came in uh, last season, Newcastle actually finished the season really, really strong. Really strong. Because yeah. he's that kind of player that they don't really, you know, he, he scored a lot of goals as well, including a really big one against Liverpool. Um, towards the back end of the season, and and he's he's that kind of player that they don't they don't really have anyone else like him. Like he's he's got a bit of flair. You can see the confidence within within him. You know he can play the ball. He can make a twenty yard pass if he needs to. He can play uh, uh, really deep in space. Uh, sorry, in tight spaces. Not afraid to shoot from range either. He's just he, he's a really young midfielder full of confidence that sort of seems to have a bit of everything about him. Um, and I think he was a huge part to, to them sort of finishing the season the way that they did. And and I just I think that Newcastle team with Joe Willock for me is slightly stronger than this Southampton squad. I I, I thought I have Southampton to maybe finish eighteenth, um, and, and Newcastle to maybe pit them with seventeenth. Um but yeah, it's, I, I think the only the only concern for me with Newcastle is like you said, the defence. And it's also a case of can Alan St. Maximin sort of, um, can he stay fit? Can he survive the, the pressure being put on him? I know there's obviously, they're, they're sharing the load a little bit more this season with the likes of Callum Wilson and Joe Wilk being in the team. Um, but yeah, for me, I'd, I'd back Newcastle this season to, to maybe just stay up. Um, Southampton, I'm, I'm not too sure. I, I, I think it's going to be a, a long one for them. Yeah, I think it could be a close one. And I think while I go down, I'll be thereabouts. I don't see them doing anything special this season. I just think too much of that spine was depleted in the transfer window, um, personally, for me. And I feel like, yeah, Newcastle, their, their, their season's on a ninth edge. You know, if 
if Wilson and, and, and St Maximus stay fit all season, they could probably go on and have a positive season and even and avoid a relegation battle if that if that'd be possible for them. But you know, St Maximus injured, Wilson injured, then that's a problem for Newcastle. That is a big problem. <laughs> and they both of them, we all know both those players don't have the best records with going for full seasons without injuries. Um yeah, I want you to stay with you, Adam. probably guaranteed to get injured at some point, isn't he? <laughs> I think so. He normally has. He's like a Danny Ings. Is like you know you're going to get. You might not get like 38 games out of him, but you're going to get 15 goals guaranteed from the games he does play. Yeah. I think um, definitely lives in that sort of <laughs> that area of you know elite level striker, <laughs> just not fat enough to like <laughs> do it every single week. Uh, I'm going to stay with you, though, Adam, because um, Rafa got a, a, an important win over Brighton this season, um, a 2 0 victory over Brighton. Um, talk about beating the sides around you. I think there was, there was a bit of a six pointer for them, for those sides that are going to sort of be pushing for that upper echelon of the table, you know, between your sort of 12th and, and 8th. Um, what, do, what do you think of Rafa so far? What are you rating him as an Evertonian? I mean,. We we obviously spoke about it on on Total Liverpool. Um, we were all I think we were all sort of in in agreement. We all still very much love Rafa, despite yeah, the fact that he's Everton. Yeah. Um, they've they've got off to a, a, a very decent start. Um, you know, with two two wins and a draw for Everton. Yeah. Um, look, I think I think the game against Brighton, Brighton sort of showed what they were all about. What they do most games, they tried to keep the ball and and play nice football, create chances. What Everton did, and and it's sort of classic classic Rafa Benitez, really. They stopped Brighton from getting any like real guilt edge chances. Hence, you know, gold's very not Rafa. really coming for them. Yeah, it was very, very Rafa, Rafa Benitez. Um, I had a quick look at the the stats just before we came into this, and I think it was about just under thirty five percent possession Everton had all game. But yet, upon watching it, they looked really comfortable throughout the entire game. They never really looked like conceding. It's a signature um, of Rafa, isn't it? To be, be yeah. in control without the ball. Be in possession um, without being in possession sort of deal. Um, a, yeah, a bit of a, a sidestone exactly. of his game. Or a cornerstone of his game, sorry. Um, carry on, Adam. Um, yeah, no, and, and look, oh, I was just going to add on to a 2 no win come the end of it. Um, it, it, it's just an all-round. Again, we we spoke about it when Liverpool beat Burnley two 0 It's just a very sort of solid professional performance. I I don't. I obviously Everton fans will have these complaints because it's Rafa Benitez. I, I think he could. I mean, I uh, think he, those, yeah, those, those, he could, those complaints are going to start to dwindle. We're looking at the thing and think, well, we're three games <laughs> into the season, and we'll get two 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 wins and a draw. That's all right for us. <laughs> do you know? Do you know something? No, I just. <laughs> I just don't think they will. They, I'm, I really don't think. I honestly, I think Rafa could push them on to to to, to battle for maybe a European spot. And I feel, I still think they'll the be complaints will be complaining. Yeah, they'll be done. The complaints will be all but over. Um, um, I believe when when Rafa does have them playing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, th- I still think there'll be there'll be a handful that yeah that aren't happy. Yeah, but but look, also, <laughs> it, it was it was as we said. Look, it, it was a very sort of classic Rafa Benitez performance. Um, there's nothing really much more to say. It was a very professional, very swift, mm-hmm. easy does it. Um, two 0 win. Cavalier with another goal. Good to see him get back on the shot. Uh, yeah. get, getting on the score sheet again. Demario um, Gray as well, looking like a bargain. Yeah. I think it was like two or three million they got him for, or four million or something they got him for. What a goal this looks, was as well. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a very, it's, very. It's, he takes it from from quite a way in you know towards the halfway line, doesn't he? And he 
skins two or three players and, and tucks it away. Really good goal. Um, he's, he's scored two decent goals now in the last two games. And um, like Adam, Adam said as well, Calvert-Lewin on the score sheet, he's got three and three now, um, which is, is really positive for Everton and for him. Um, he did have to fight to get to get it though, didn't he? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think on, oh, on yeah. this one, uh, but Charleston not happy at all. We give up that penalty. Haven't he been held back? <laughs> such a shit house. He's such a shit house, isn't he? Forty-eight-year-old <laughs> um, Richarlison disguised as a twenty-four-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a few years ago, I thought he was like twenty-eight. You know, <laughs> when he played for Watford, I was like, "How's that guy only like twenty? Looks so angry. What has happened to him in his life? He's a millionaire at like twenty years old." <laughs> um, Jed, were you surprised with this result at all? Um, I mean, it's a different challenge for Brighton, isn't it? Because they're not really used to having the bulk of the ball up against a really, really well-organised side where they have to break it down. That's not genuinely yeah. the task that Brighton are put to, is it? No, I mean, I think that Brighton are probably good, a good test for any team in the league. Um, this game obviously demonstrated Rafa's game, like you said, boys, uh, how he, he organises his teams. And um, Brighton, you know, while they are a passing side they aren't used to having the ball as much, like you say. So it was a good test for them. Uh, I'm not really surprised that Everton have beaten them here, though, um, just because I think Everton are a stronger team and, you know, clearly got the better of them tactically um, in this game. But Brighton, I think, was still, you know, can still feel positive about this season. Um, they, they'll always play good football and, you know, they're always going to create difficult games for teams. Um, I think it's just taking them a little while to sort of warm up this season. Um, but you know we're only three games in so there's still plenty of time for him yeah absolutely um, Adam Patrick Vieira picked up his very first point of the season um, away against West Ham not a, not an easy thing to do West Ham obviously playing with a lot of confidence right now um, and it might surprise you to say that Crystal Palace actually had the bulk of the ball in this game um, how are your thoughts on how he started the season can you see it going well for him um, first, first and foremost, it was a really impressive point to to, to go away against West Ham and, and and get a draw, especially with the way that they've been playing off the back of their four-one uh, win against Leicester as well. Um, look, it was it was really impressive from them. I, I'm I'm still not sure where I lie with Patrick Vieira though. I think we spoke about it a little bit before. If this was still a Roy Hodgson team. You'd sort of you'd you'd bank on them just being sort of fourteenth, maybe somewhere around that. Um, finishing the season sort of very, or oh, sorry, going through through the season very sort of calmly, no real issues. Um, I just I'm still not sure Patrick Vieira's up to the task. I think he's potentially trying to change things too quickly at Crystal Palace in terms of you know we all knew Roy Hodgson Crystal Palace to be sort of very tough to break down, quite defensive, uh, look to maybe hit on a counter on, with, with the speed of the likes of Zaha. Um, Vieira seems to be trying to implement more of a, as you said, you know, they had they had the bulk of the possession against West Ham. He seems to be trying to implement a more um, sort of possession-based style, more of yeah, a, it's not an attacking-based really, style play. Yeah, it's not something you really associate with Palace, is keeping the bulk of the ball. Um <laughs> Do you think he is changing things too fast? I mean, it might be a case of sink or swim for him. They, they either change his things so fast to try and get it things switched up, knowing that a lot of the senior players that held held that sort of resilience of Palace that, that kept him up have, have departed now. Um, I don't know. Thoughts, it, it might be a bit, you, you, you think he's changing too I think it might be a bit too early. I think it's too early to say on that um, because he hasn't really, you know, 
had that much time to make those changes. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think Conor Gallagher looks to be a really good player and a, a good addition to their team. Yeah, obviously, that was one of I know he was at West Brom last year, but West Brom was so poor, it you know, didn't really get you know much of a chance. I think, uh, you know, at Palace, the likes of Zaha around him, um, I think that, that he'll be a good signing for them and, and obviously got two goals, which is, is a massive boost for him. Um, both decent goals as well. So I, I think that at the minute, I would probably give Vieira, you know, nine, ten more games to see, to really judge on whether he's trying to change things too quickly because you, you, you need to allow them time to sort of adapt to it. Um, but so far, I mean, barring the opening day, they haven't really looked that bad. Um, I think they've got draws now. Um, and, you know, if, if they can get a win within the next, you know, one, two, three games, then... You know, it's positive for Palace. I don't expect them to be anywhere near the top half, but you know, I, I think it's too early to say with them at the minute, just because they do yeah. have that, that sort of quality in the team. I will say that I think it's a difficult task for any manager. What Patrick Vieira's got to do at Palace right now, I think any club that enters a transitional period in the Premier League is going to have a difficult time with it, especially if they're one of the lower echelon clubs that are, and they have been. That's where Palace have been for probably the last sort of three or four mm-hmm. years. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, I don't think that would be an easy, an easy job for any manager. Um, let's go next to Norwich Leicester um, goals from Jamie Vardy Mark Albrighton strangely Mark Albrighton let's go that much but he got a, got a bit of a blinder of a goal here <laughs> uh, Timo Puke, um I think opens, it, opens his account this season um, thoughts on the match Jed um, Norwich no points in the board thus far I think is it, am I right yeah no points for uh, Norwich yeah they're, gonna go, they're, gonna they're go down, back down there with uh... <laughs> with fellow strugglers Arsenal, aren't they? Um, yeah, that's smaller club. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought that from from what I've seen of this game, Norwich gave Leicester quite a good game. Um, it looked like they they did have a bit of fight in them, and uh, and they tested Leicester. Um, they did they almost uh, equalised late on, but they had, I think the goal was ruled out for offside in one of those. There was an attacker in front of the goalkeeper type situations, at like a yeah, piece. that was a that um, was a blatant offside for me. You know. Yeah, it was offside. Yeah, but it's, yeah. One, of, it's <laughs> one of those like that they they can easily be missed because of the, you know there's players in the box and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes those goals will go like well, you know you'll get away with them. Um, it was it was quite tight, so it's, you know, it's fine margins for for Norwich. Um, but they to me this seemed like probably their best performance so far this season and, and something to build on. Obviously they've they've had a really tricky start with the teams they've had to play. Um, so I'm not get surprised they haven't won yet. Get them yeah, out of exactly. here. Get them out of here early. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised they don't have any points on the board yet. But I think that off from what I've seen, you know, it's it's not all doom and gloom at Norwich. Yeah, uh, the I think it's you know Liverpool, um, Man City, Leicester is a, is a tough old start to a season for any club. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's an awful start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we know. Just what's going to happen to Norwich until maybe uh, the next sort of three or four games. Adam, can you see them kind of being that yo-yo club that are starting to kind of gain that sort of like reputation? I mean, Daniel Farker said that 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 goal wasn't offside, by the way. But you know, he said he's <laughs> this is his quote: "He was not interrupting with play." And then I watched it back, and he's, he's holding the, the goalkeeper. Interfering with play. Show <laughs> <laughs> to the keeper for the cheek of that. The I cheek of that comment. I do love. I do love a bit of Farker, if you ask. Um, um, 
yeah now look if, if if we're being honest though with Norwich like I I, I hate to be so sort of dismissive but they're, they're a championship club I, they're, they're gonna go down they might they'll probably come back up um but they're yeah look, as you said, it, it, it will yeah, be yeah it's, it's that really That's weird the they're in that middle yeah, ground because they are they? just yeah 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 they've proven the past couple of times they've been in the Premier League that they're just not they're just not good enough but as you said, Jed, they actually gave Leicester a really good run for for the money, um, and this is this is the point I'm going to get onto because I'm quite concerned. I know we're only I'm only going to speak on the three games that I've seen, but I'm quite concerned for Brendan Rodgers and Leicester at the moment because I mean the, there was the Wolves game which I know they won one nil, but again there was a, a lot of shaky moments, and we'll come on to Wolves. Uh, later on, I, I know I, I, the bizarre, the bizarre situation. <laughs> it's <was>. mental. Um, <laughs> but look, Wolves maybe arguably deserve to get something out of that game. Um, they then go to West Ham and get absolutely battered, um, and and then come to Norwich City, which which should theoretically be the easiest game uh, that they'll play all season. Well, obviously they'll have the home fixture against Norwich, which technically should be easier, but. Um, in terms of opponent, anyway, the, the, the easiest result, uh, easiest game. Sorry, they should play all season, and and I thought they did struggle at times. Um, you know, as Jed said, Norwich gave them a really good run for the money. I don't like. I don't think Norwich were ever going to win this game, but I think they showed in moments at least uh, that they really could get out Leicester um, and get out Leicester's back line, which I think has always been a bit of a concern, anyway. Um, I think it's just it's a concern with Brendan Rodgers' teams in, in general. You look at how he was, and I, I don't want to keep going back to Liverpool, but you look at how he was at Liverpool. It was always an issue with with the defense. It was sort of we were playing back in those days, like you, you score four, four, we'll just try and score five, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how like like Leicester are at times. Um, but just I, look, it's really early on in the season. I know there's only been three games, but just just going off of them, I am I'm slightly concerned for for how they may may end up this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same vein. I mean, even when I seen Kelechi and Acho, uh, come on, he looked to be lacking a, a lot of confidence, which was strange because I feel like he ended last season in such a positive not. Yeah. I feel like I'm not being like super able to come straight into the side starting the new season. At some point, Brendan Rodgers has to accept that there will be a future without Jamie Vardy. At some point, Jamie Vardy will have to enter a sort of rotational role for them to... You know, because he's 34 years old now. I, you know, think, and... um, I think he's transforming his game a little bit, you know, into more of a, a penalty box predator type. Because he, he seems like before, he's the kind of player that can He could pick up the ball anywhere. anywhere before, couldn't he? Yeah. Whereas now, I feel like majority of his goals are going to come the 18-yard box, as they have done so far this season. Um, that's not a bad thing, though, because obviously he's a great finisher. Um, he's one yeah, like, like you say, Simon, I think he's... It's going to have to be at some point, you know, him sort of dropping in and out of the team, um, you know, when they as and when they need him, and they're going to have to sort of blood someone else through. But um, Leicester have probably got the money to go out and buy a, you know, a top striker from somewhere in Europe, you know. Um, yeah, they could. They could what end up get, doing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an extremely well-run club. It's a, it's a mm. fantastically well-run club. I do, I do not fear for Leicester falling out of the Premier League at all uh, with the with the owners they've got. No, um, no, sure. Oh no, no, no! I, I wasn't suggesting no. that. I just, um, I just thought in terms of European spots and and maybe maybe that would be that would be a competition around those yeah. at the moment. 
where they, I think they very yeah. firmly set themselves as a European club that's in some form of European competition. I think that's where it's to them. And I think anything yeah. outside that now can be sort of considered a, a bit of a poor season for them. So I don't fear for them in that aspect, but I might be fearful where they're going to be in the next. They need to start in on that transitional period of like yeah. just rotating that squad through a little bit more. And maybe a big name striker would be the way forward for them. I think they've got enough in Clechi and Nacho uh, just for how well he, I think he's, he's, I think he's got everything he so needs to be a, a Premier League signed, striker. Um, they signed that Patson Daka, haven't they? He's yes, yeah. Supposed to be like a wonder kid, um, mm-hmm. so he potentially could be like the the Vardy replacement. But you know, you never know. I've got uh, one more thing I want to call out from this game, actually, um, mm-hmm. which is I actually want to praise VAR, um, which seems weird to say, but they, there was a perfect example of how VAR should be run in, from this game uh, for the Norwich penalty. It was a, a sort of slide challenge from Soyuncu. Um, which was initially given as a, a corner, I believe. Um, but mm-hmm. he, on closer inspection, he's come across and, and took out the like the Norwich attacker, and they reversed the corner decision and gave the penalty. Um, I think that was was great work from VAR, basically, and that's exactly what it's there for, which we're not used to seeing in the Premier League. But if um, if every sort of call goes that way, then that's you know one of the main problems of the last two seasons completely eradicated. Yeah. Um, which uh, I thought if, if is, is something that uh, deserves a bit of praise from that game. Yeah, first time ever on the screamers. Uh, we've, we've had a wee bit of hard praise, <laughs> but there you go. There you go, folks. There you go. Um, take note. Um, well, <laughs> we'll see you next year, and we? Because <laughs> that'll be the next time we see as well, probably. Um, I want to go next to, and we don't have a resident villa man, Billy. He's uh, he's working now, which uh, which horrifies me. He should be freeing up time for the screamers, but there you go. Um <laughs> Villa hosted Brentford and Ivan Tony off the mark. Um, and it was always going to get off the mark. I had no doubt that Ivan Tony was eventually going to go and get his goal uh, because he started the season ever so well. And I actually listened to him on Spot, Talk Sport when I was on my way home. Um, and he just—he was so confident, saying, oh, "It's coming, it's coming," <laughs> and it, it, it didn't take him long in this match either. Um, opened his account very early, and then Emmy went, Emmy Buendia followed up with a return, and ended up the the rest of the match was extremely poor for um, both sides. <laughs> Um, not even uh, either side didn't get any double figures for the shots they took, so potentially very even. But um, it's not it's not massively the game you want to be watching. But in terms of Brentford uh, of the of the three promoted sides, Jed, do you do you, do you think they're, they're the one that's going to going to go and excel? Yeah, um, they've been the best so far, hundred percent. I think they you know they play really good football. They they do have a tendency to sort of push forward a bit too much, um, in in my opinion. And they they can get caught on the break, but um, you know going forward they are like really strong and they they press teams really well. So I, I've been impressed with them. Um, I was impressed with them last season, obviously in the championship for for a few years now. They've been building and and it's nice to see them actually in the Premier League because um, they've really earned their place there, in my opinion. Um, I, yeah, I'm they had to get there then, didn't they? Playing in the Premier League because they've, yeah, yeah, they've been really 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 close to becoming a nearly team. Where they can, yeah. <laughs> they get attached yeah. to that nearly, no, nearly their it's, sort of club. Say, it's it's good to see them there, and and it's good to see a player like Ivan Tony being given you know the opportunity to play in the Premier League because he is class. Um, he he really is a great centre forward. I think he's got a big future. Essentially, an England call up in one or two seasons. I think if, yeah. he, if he carries on his form from last season and if he keeps bagging goals, I mean the goal he got in this game, I think any centre forward probably would have scored. To be fair. Um, mm-hmm. With the exception of Joe Linton, maybe, but um, he had like. You'd find a way to miss it. 
in the world. He had so much. I don't know if you've seen him. He had so much room in the box. Um, and there was a little flick around the corner to him, and he's there with like yards of space around him to just pick his spot. They, uh, they, yeah, it's poor from Villa, really. Um, they shouldn't be conceding a goal like that. But then when Diaz equaliser was a worldie, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was lovely. Great strike. Lovely goal. Great strike. I um I've I've got one thing as well I've seen just from the highlights of this game, but there was a disallowed goal for Brentford. I think the, the player's name is is Yan out. Mm-hmm. And basically the villa keeper, Martinez, has gone to kick the ball out and he sort of nicked it away from him as he threw the ball into the air. So he's before the goalkeeper could could swing his leg to kick the ball like mm-hmm. out of his hands, the centre forwards nicked it away from him and then took put it in the net and it got disallowed. But I I don't see why it's a foul, personally. I don't know if you've seen it, boys. But to me, you just... Yeah, you, you I, I did that. The, the, the only thought I, I had was maybe there was a like a changing of the rule at some point. I wasn't aware of it. Um, when I first saw it, I, it, was, it wasn't on the highest. It was on, it was on Twitter that I saw it. Um, and I just... I couldn't really work out why it was disallowed. But because I, I hadn't watched the full highlights, it was just... The isolated event on Twitter. I assume they maybe yeah. explained it afterwards, but I, I personally, I'm, I'm not sure why it was. No, that I, wasn't given. from what I've seen, the the commentators just said, "Oh, you can't be doing that." But like, why not? Because I'm sure I've seen Mitrovic score a goal exactly like that. You know, in my head, yeah, I have, I mean, the thing I, is, I, if you play of Mitrovic if, scoring a goal, I like think that. if if he blocked it, if if Martinez had kicked the ball against him, there wouldn't be a problem. But it's basically the same thing. He's just put a toe in there and just nipped it away from him. And he hasn't fouled Martinez doing it either. He didn't even touch him. So I, I don't really see what was wrong with it, to be honest. But the commentators on the, the highlights that I saw just said, oh, he can't be doing that. It's like, well, why not? He's entitled to it. <laughs> like, it's, um, it's, it's just the same as tackling a player, really, in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that, that seemed a bit harsh. If anyone actually knows... The reason that was disallowed. Please get in touch with us because um, I'd like to. I'd like to be enlightened on that one. Yeah, and make sure you address it to Jed because I don't want to be reading any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to argue with anyone over it. I just want to know why. I mean, yeah. uh, Go to all things football for that. Don't go to the Schemers account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Just someone come and let me know. (laughs) There'll be that one dude out there that's like, actually, you know, see when we get those messages messages in those comments where those fucking people are like, actually, you know, screenshot of the rule book. Clause 17 of law A underscore section B. Yeah. The goalkeeping kicking the ball out of the box rule. <laughs> <laughs> Written in 1902. <laughs> 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 no, I'm not having it. You're right to Jed. As a football <laughs> podcast, you should know this. <laughs> should be ashamed yeah, of yourself. I should have researched it. Yeah, I should have researched it before coming on, to be fair. Do you know what? We may as well stay in the same re- the vein of refing. Adam. Reese James, yeah. we discussed that. Yeah. You discussed it on we the total Liverpool show. Sure. Yeah. Summarise it for us for the <laughs> for the the screamers listeners. Why was it a pe- Why was it a penalty in a red card for Reese James? It was to put it plainly, Samir, it was a penalty in a red card because Reese James is not the goalkeeper of Chelsea, and he used his hand to stop the ball from going in the back of the net. Um, that's the, <laughs> that's to put it to put it plainly. Um, but look, you can't. It, I don't understand how anybody can argue with it. And and look, we'll, we'll give it a double whammy. This is the second time uh, we'll praise VAR in this podcast. Because... Yeah. <laughs> I might shut the filter down. 
this podcast has changed it's not, it's not what I wanted it to be it's not the vision I had for it <laughs> the, well, look, the, the, the referee didn't spot it he didn't you know he, he didn't spot anything and, and it was down to VAR that that sort of uh, you know got in his ear about the red card and the penalty I actually never me, seen it mate I was just, just like, I'd never seen that. I was in the pub, as you know, as you know that's why I never made the, the um, Total Liverpool episode. <laughs> and I was shite so I didn't really see it. But I just, I, I turned to Emma, my missus, and I said, there's a handball in there somewhere. There's a hand, I swear <laughs> to God, there's a handball in there <laughs> Go on, Adam. Well, it, it seemed like madness at the time. The only way I could describe it was was just chaos. Yeah. Um but, but look, the, the bottom line is, and I can't see how anybody can disagree with it, is that he he's used his hand to stop. A, a, it's not just like an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. It's an obvious goal. Yeah, he, he catches, blocks the ball with his knee, and the, the ball's still going in the back of the net. He then uses his hand slash arm to, 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 you know, to stop it. For me, it was either a case of you give a penalty and a red card, or you give neither. Because I think, I think let's, they have to. Let's say, um, yeah, if it's a handball on the line, if it's a so they 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 did recently change the the law so that if it's a foul in the box, it's not a red card uh, because it's like double jeopardy. You're losing a player and you're conceding a penalty mm-hmm. and potentially conceding the goal. But I think for handball on the line, it is still a red card because it is a you know a goal scoring opportunity so uh, i think they they would have they had to give that if they were giving it as a handball it has to be a red card as well basically if not they've they've got it wrong i feel well, yeah, i do that. feel kind of bad like from a neutral point of view obviously jays because he's doing exactly what he should do as a defender he's not he's probably not there on the line trying to don't you know do yeah. handball you know he's probably there as a defender should be there's a scramble in the box get on the line make yourself big and and try use your body to block the ball from going in the goal um but you know, it's, these things happen. Yeah. These things happen. Oh, he was gutted to go, you know. And I was kind of actually in a way enjoying yeah. the game. I mean, that goal should have that should have been in for us. If that goes in and it's one each, well, it's game on, and we've, we see a fantastic feature that probably everybody across the country and the world was looking forward to seeing. I mean, the second half for me, and I'll, I'll come back to you, Adam, and, and get your review of this. But the second half for me wasn't particularly enjoyable. I mean, there's a there's a there's a there's a general opinion for people that don't. I, f- I feel like aren't like. They don't watch a lot of football. They just assume that because you're playing against ten men, it's automatically easier. But it's not always the case. A lot of time, the position that, that gets taken away is is a, is a forward position, not a defensive position. And Tuchel was such a, a well a well drilled defensive coach that they just went into a block. It was awful hard to break, break down. I do think Liverpool should should have did a a, a better job of breaking it down. But I, I think we created enough chances. And another day, if one of those chances drops, I think the the Diego Jota one. I feel like he scores every other day of the week. Um, when it comes into the box and headers, I feel like he buries that the other day of the week. But you no, know, these things happen. You know, from a Liverpool point of view, you know, we take the point and we move on. Um, that, that was a big don't lose for can me, I, that um, match. Can I can I just say on the penalty as well? I, I also thought it was a penalty. Um, I don't think it was deliberate, but and I can see why people are arguing it because it's come off his leg first. But he definitely moves his arm towards the ball. I don't like. I think it's just a natural movement. Yeah, it's a split second sort of like. Yeah, for me, for me, I I don't think it can be argued though, because even if it comes off his leg, he's moved his arm towards it. Yeah, he's stopped the goal. You know, it's got. Yeah, that's the thing. He's he's stopping the ball from going. Like the ball was certainly going in the back of the net. Let's say you don't send Reese James off, but you give the penalty, and Liverpool then miss that penalty. 
they were getting the goal if it wasn't for him handballing it. So it, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to not. There's no not way to keep that ball out there in in that position. There's no way he could have kept the ball out without it hitting his hand either. Just because yeah, of the no, position and where the ball was going. There's like even if he he sticks his leg up, it goes off his leg and into the net. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Salah finished the penalty quite well though as well as he usually does. Lovely. I scold. Adam, are you say, are you the same opinion as me? Is it Chelsea became awful hard to break down? We maybe created. I feel like we did create enough, and we should have should have got the three points. But you know, the the chances that um, dropped for us. Yeah, they did. I mean, look, the the first thing you, you spoke about it being the attacking change that happened straight away. It was uh, Havertz for Kovacic. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um, the first change that he made, um, and it just became Chelsea are hard enough to break down with eleven men. When they've literally got all ten sat behind the ball, it becomes even more frustrating. Um, as look, as you said, I think I, I think the red card actually changed the game for the worse. Um, yeah, for, for 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 from both points of view, because actually, had you know maybe Reese James not have handballed it, maybe the ball say the ball just goes in the back of the net, it doesn't touch Reese James. All of a sudden, you know, it's, as you said, it's, it's game on. It's anybody's game to win. Whereas I think once the sort of second half kicked off, it was inevitable. The game was probably either going to end maybe two on Liverpool or more realistically a draw. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think we did enough to score, um, but I was a little underwhelmed with the last sort of 30 minutes. I thought the intensity really died down. Um, it, it, the only the, the big concern for me is that Klopp didn't really seem to trust the options on the bench either. I thought... We had a moment of about sort of five-ish minutes uh, where we hit hit about four or five shots from from sort of around the edge of the box, outside the box, and and forced Mendy in some really good saves. Yeah, um, and that seemed to be the way through. It was sort of like, look, we're not going to pass our way through these ten men camped on the edge of the box. Maybe if we just try a few pop shots, test the keeper, we might be able to get one of them in. You know, we've got the quality to do it. Um, so from my point of view, it was screaming out for maybe an Oxide Chamberlain to come on. Um, you know, somebody that that we we know can come on and do that and, and change a game in in that regard. Um, and it just didn't. It, I don't know. It it didn't really seem like he trusted him or or even Naby Keita to come on and, and make a difference in in that sort of that yeah. sort of a game with that much pressure on it. One thing um, that was the only the slight concern for me. One thing I did put in the chat was mm-hmm. when Klopp made the tactical change early for um, Bobby for Jota coming on. I kind of felt like he did robbers. I've been able to have four of them on the pitch at one time. And I felt that's yeah, probably I think, would have been well, a perfect I think situation. Bobby had have. a bit of a knock, though, didn't he? Was he? I, don't, I was pretty. Yeah. Much, I don't know if it was an awful <laughs> tactical for me because I watched Bobby come off. He didn't look as if. And I did that. I, yeah, I was asking, did he come off? Was that tactical? Or was oh, sorry. I, I, did, I didn't see it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he'd got a bit of a knock. I think he's having a scan. So I don't, I think he, I don't know if he's going to miss this international duty or not. Hopefully he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there was a bit of a hamstring issue with Bobby, which is why the job substitution happened. Yeah. Um, for a more complete review on so the... We'll, we'll find out more on that. Yeah. For a more complete review on the Liverpool action, go to Total Liverpool um, to hear Jake, Adam and G Deej talk about it in much, much more detail. As we've only got 10 minutes left, so I'm going to go over the scores and then we're going to end on Bur- uh, Man United and Wolves because there's quite a lot to talk about for both those teams. Um, Burnley drew with Leeds one each. It was a fairly underwhelming game. Uh, a good performance is the Sean Dice men, but... A lot of Leeds fans coming out saying we need we need a signing, we need something extra, and they've been heavily linked to Dan James, who was going to who was going to be a Leeds player before he moved to Manchester United. The deal was cost uh, 
called off last minute. He's been a player that Bielsa has long admired as Dan James, so potentially seen an a, a, a in before um, before the deadline for them. Uh, Tottenham got another 1-0 victory. It's just becoming Nuno-esque. <laughs> Tottenham have scored three goals uh, and uh, three clean sheets, and uh, they've got nine points so far. Um, a great start for Nuno. Um, it's almost as if there, there, there might have been a, neg- a negativity about the, the club before he got there. Uh, and also, news on that front, Harry Kane has announced himself as a Spurs player for the summer. I feel like that that, that was very much in <laughs> I'm staying this summer. <laughs> um, but I want to come to Wolves, Man United. Uh, the big news for Man United is the return of Man United legend, Real Madrid legend, and... I wouldn't say Juventus legend, Cristiano Ronaldo returns to the Premier League, almost moving to City. Had, had his all filled, didn't he? Had his all filled. I mean, I don't <laughs> necessarily think this is a signing that Manchester United needed to make. I feel like they, everybody's been crying out for a sort of truly world-class number six for the Manchester United side. Mm. But, you know, Ronaldo's available, you take it. He scored more goals in Serie A than Lukaku last year. Uh, and he was a title winner, so... There you go. I mean, he will score a goal for, for Man United. I could see him getting a 20-plus Premier League goals just because he has that sort of machine. Um, before before I get your opinion on this, boys, this is, Harry Kane needs to take a lesson from Cristiano Ronaldo on how to exit a club. Cristiano Ronaldo turned up the morning for training and just said, by the way, I'm just I'm going to go <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not coming back. So that's that's how it's going down he just fucked off got on a private jet to Manchester (laughs) (laughs) Harry Kane was like gentlemen's agreement toys out the pram you know he should have just done a Ronaldo and just be like by the way I'm off ski see you later (laughs) I think Ronaldo is going to be a great signing for Man United I really do I think think he's yeah he's what 30 35 36 now but he's still he's still world class and like yeah. you look at the the impact he has on on the team when he plays for Portugal is like he leads from the front and he really sort of coaches the team at the same time as playing for them, um, and it, and drives players on. I think if there's anyone who can improve like Fred, it's going to be Cristiano Ronaldo, isn't he? Because he's just anything he does, he's just going to give him the bollock and he's going to be like, come on, like oh, I'm trying the to memes. win a trophy here. And, you know. and the memes of Ronaldo meeting <laughs> Fred. I've been like hilarious. I've <laughs> been so good. Um, <laughs> uh, 29 goals for Cristiano Ronaldo in Serie A last season. Um, Adam, you, can you see success for Ronaldo this season? I can see individual success. Um, I think there's no question what Ronaldo brings to Man United, and it is goals. Um, he's guaranteed goals and probably will be in that conversation of top goal scorer. For me, it's more... What, what does he take away from this squad? Um, and, and I was looking, I, and people jumped straight away to the Bruno Fernandes penalty situation. Bruno Fernandes scored 18 goals in the league last season, uh, nine of which were penalties. So people are sort of saying, look, 50% of Bruno's goals are, are instantly kind of just, you know, they're, they're taken away. There's then his late ones. Bruno scored a really nice goal for, for United against Leeds, where he made a late run into the box. Um, and sort of volleyed it, uh, volleyed it uh, home. And That's a fantastic. Th- yeah, and and those goals are kind of taken away. I, w- I was looking at how Portugal set up in the Euros and how when Ronaldo's in the box, the runners, whether it be Bernardo Silva, Jota, Bruno, no one really comes around him like that. The box is his. You know, no no one comes near him. 
like the chance the chances that, that arise in that box is Ronaldo and no one else. Chances yeah, for Cristiano yeah, but we, and, yeah, but you and can put in like is... the worst cross ever, though, and he would just jump three meters in the air and get his head on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a very good point, and and that could be the case for me. Adam, though, it's Adam, you're really onto something though, because I'm seeing a lot of like really good football and heads coming together to say that although Cristiano and all that terrific seasons of scoring upwards of 25 goals every time that he played and every season he played for Juventus didn't necessarily improve Juventus you know what I mean didn't necessarily make Juventus better he just well, uh, you know well, Allegri said it himself him. like what well, it didn't necessarily say it, but he alluded to the fact that Juventus were potentially a more capable title winning side without Ronaldo in it yes. because when Ronaldo's on that pitch it is almost like Look, I know, as you said, Jed, you could put in a terrible cross. I mean, you, you might leap three foot in the air and, and score a header. <laughs> but it's that, it's, that, it's, that, it's that pressure that when Ronaldo's on the pitch, it's almost like we've got to give it to Ronaldo. Yeah. We've got to, yeah, we've got to try and yeah. just give him the ball and, and he'll do something. And, and for me, Ronaldo, I, I, as we said, with, with Vardy transitioning his, his play style, Ronaldo now is just an elite in-the-box finisher. Um and that's not really where Man United have struggled, I don't think. Like Against Wolves, they didn't really create too many big chances. But when they did, they scored. I mean, the Greenwood chance, it wasn't even a big chance. But they, they, you know, they got their goal. For me, Man United's big, you know, there's still the big gaping hole in the number six area. And it's yeah. still transitioning that ball from defence to attack and, and actually creating the chances, which Ronaldo is not going to help with. He's just going to be there to finish them. So, so yeah, I think he'll be among the top goal scorers. I think he'll bring bags of goals. But how far does it go in terms of, um, you know, making Manchester United even bigger title contenders than they already were? I'm not convinced it does massively personally. Um, I think his biggest impact on the club in terms of, you know, not taking anything away from them, but actually just purely bringing... Uh, positivity to them is actually what he brings off the pitch just having him in the dressing room a guy that's that's won it all he demands greatness no matter where he goes yeah that might bring up the level of those of fred or or whoever else it may be look the likes of green green would get into training with cristiano ronaldo imagine what that's going to do for his development over the next two years or, or however it is yeah. how, however long it's going to be that ronaldo stays there for i just i just think personally in terms of on the pitch winning a title I still don't quite see it with Man United, even with Ronaldo. The thing is, I had this down as Greenwood's breakout season. Um, I prefer him through the middle than out in the right and out in the left because yeah. he's just so two-footed and he's an excellent finisher. And he just needs to adapt. He's, he's off the ball movement and getting into the right areas and he will be excellent. He will be a 25-goal-plus striker. Yeah. But I kind of feel, I don't know... I mean, to develop, you need minutes on the pitch, you know? You need yeah. to put in the time on the pitch. And Ronaldo, we know, I mean, you said about the, how demanding he is off the pitch, and that's why these that's where these memes come from about Fred, because it's been <laughs> well documented by countless sources that he, de, he demands excellence. And this isn't the Ronaldo that was at United, where he was around a lot of senior players, and he wasn't necessarily the senior player in the squad, but he's very much coming in as the man who is won it all, the Ballon d'Ors, the Champions Leagues, the league titles, the golden boots in virtually every competition, you know. Um, mm. and th- 
he demands excellence from absolutely everybody. So when, when Fred, you know, is is not magged himself and put it out for a corner, um, <laughs> you know, he's not going. He's not going to stand for that. Fred know? got absolutely bullied, didn't he? Like that, there was one moment in in the first half in this Wolves game where Fred was trying to defend. I think it was Trincao just <laughs> outpaced him and then shrugged him off, and like, somehow didn't score. Like, it, it was it was just. It was just embarrassing for uh, if you're a United <laughs> fan watching Fred trying to stop him there. It's like, God, like God, he's such a weak he link. He's such a weak link for them. He's such a weak link, yeah, and it must just be. Yeah, it's just it just must be utterly humiliating to Van der Beek, like because yeah, he is a forward player. He's a he's a number eight Van der Beek. He's like a number eight, like I think formed from a number ten position earlier on when he was a when he was a youngster around like sixteen, eighteen. I think he played that, that number ten role and then kind of came up the pitch and very much played that great champ. It was part of that campaign that Ajax had where they went on and the youngsters beat Real Madrid in the Champions League uh, and stuff like that. But he, he, moving to Manchester United, he'd been terrible for his career. I think he had images of just like looking at midfield and thinking McTominay, Fred Pereira. <laughs> so that I can. <laughs> Uh, one matter, he says. Yeah, uh, uh, if you're if you're him, Matic, you know. I mean, you 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 walk into that man Man United and say, I'm the I'm the top centre midfield bar Paul Pogba, who was at the time having a terrible time. You know, mm. it wasn't the Pogba that we're seeing now, who has been extraordinary for me for my money. He's the French Paul Pogba, like the France Paul Pogba, been inserted on this side, absolutely excellent. And, yeah, he's been he's been excellent, hasn't he? Yeah. He, um, he can't tackle, but he's been excellent. I thought no, um, he should have been game, should have been sent out for that as well. <laughs> and United were so lucky all game. Like they they should really have have lost this game, in my opinion. Like we just yeah. would not go in for Wolves. But it, and then at the other end, you know, Pogba goes flying into a tackle and mm-hmm. doesn't get the ball. Should it have been disallowed. Go, yeah, it doesn't get punished. And then Bar is fucking shit. Well, I, do, I do think that. Um, <laughs> One thing that, that that made me laugh about this situation, though, is how angry uh, Graham Souness was after the game about that Pogba challenge. It's like, if that's any other player, Souness is probably going, eh, it wasn't that bad a tackle. Because <laughs> it, it's Paul Pogba, he's like, that was a leg breaker. It was the worst my tackle fav- I've ever seen. He was like, I would never make a bet. tackle like that in any of my, <laughs> in my whole career. <laughs> yeah. like, and I was renowned for snapping people. Like, yeah, that's what that was my that was my favorite bit of his analysis. Ever, but it was still it was, it was, it was <laughs> him admitting to shit house and he was like, Oh yeah, when I was a player, I did some horrible things. I should be in jail. Yeah. But then he, went, but then he <laughs> but I had never once to, tackled a player yeah, like that. I've never never once dyed my hair blue and gone in for a slide tackle. It was awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that really made me laugh because it was a it was a foul, in my opinion, it was a foul. It was a dangerous tackle. It could have really hurt Ruben Neves if if he, he connected with him, you know, six inches to the right. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, the reaction from Sunes was just so over the top, just because it is is Paul Pogba, isn't it? Um, but, but that summed up that summed up United's day really, wasn't it? It's just everything sort of went their way because Wolves could have carried on playing for another ninety minutes and not scored. You know, and United yeah. just need that one bit of luck at the other end, and, and they got the, the chance. And the goal itself had a big slice of luck about it as well. It's like gone in off the keeper. Well, they um, forced the wonder saves out of David De Gea. They forced the wonder saves out of David De Gea. And Wamba clearance as well. Yeah, That second David De Gea save, it was ridiculous, is what it was. I couldn't believe I was watching the game with a Man United fan. Yeah. And I was just sat there while he was, he was, because he was convinced they were going to lose the whole game. 
And I was sat there, and, and the more, it was weird because the more those things started to happen, the more it just it became obvious to me by about the 70th minute. I was like, this has got a 1-0 Man United win written all <laughs> over it. Um, and, and obviously it happened. I can, I, can see um, why, uh, I can see why your mate thought they were going to lose, though, because they got carved open like time and time again, didn't they? Like, Traore just ran through them. He was like, taking the piss, Taking the piss. For expected goals. Wolves are fifth in the league <laughs> for expected goals. Right? The new Brighton. And they don't have a goal. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is... <laughs> I Honestly, don't know I quite what's going on. Like, why? It's because it's because Adama Traore can't finish himself whenever he gets into a good chance. And then against Man United, they, the footballing gods just weren't looking down at Wolves like with favour, were they? They were just. I seen Sir like, Alex no, in the stadium, and I was like, saving that. "Not today, Wolves. Not today." <laughs> 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 oh, boys I wish we could have talked to me a bit more about Wolves um, I think we'll talk about more, a wee bit more in depth next week as they go up against Watford and this has to be the game they mark down as their first three points in the season surely um, but thank you very much for joining me lads Good pleasure. Always, thank you for having me Yeah, and thanks very much to the listeners and also thanks very much to our sponsors if you would like any discounts from Manscaped you can get 20% off and free shipping for using code SCREAMERS20 cheerio bye Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.